Welcome to Dan's Den Podcast. Thanks for joining me for this special guest episode. As usual, I'm very excited to share this one with you. Our guest today is my longtime friend, Kevin Levesque, who is a personal trainer, lifestyle coach, and owner at Prime Fitness in Seekonk, Massachusetts. Kevin has been working in the fitness industry for over 12 years and has extensive experience in numerous fitness and exercise settings, including big box commercial gyms and local fitness centers. Kevin created and built Prime Fitness in 2016 and specializes in one-on-one personal training in a completely private setting. In this episode, we discuss Kevin's philosophy of fitness and movement and how that impacts overall quality of life. He expands on how he individualizes fitness programs based on each person's specific goals and numerous lifestyle factors and how he helps to eliminate the guesswork from the equation to set clients up for success. Kevin's an expert on delivering a clear roadmap for achieving goals and provides comprehensive programs that include all aspects and components of health and wellness. Kevin and I have been friends for about 25 years and he's someone that I trust completely to work alongside clients of any fitness and skill level safely and effectively. Over the years, I have referred my mom and my sister to Kevin, both of whom still talk about some of the concepts and movement principles that they learn while training with him. Kevin's personal training style reaches far beyond your typical trainer and helping to improve overall quality of life is one of his top priorities. So let's get into it. Please follow and rate Dan's Den and turn on the notifications so you can stay up to date with our latest releases. I really enjoyed this conversation and I'm sure that you will too. So please share it so more people can benefit. All right, so we're talking to Kevin Levesque. Kev's a personal trainer and we're talking today about some of the aspects of exercise, fitness, and business. So we're going to just kind of start with everybody knows exercise is important. You know, we hear that all the, all the time. Give us a, like a general rundown of, of how you explain this to somebody that maybe has never trained before or a way to just try to get their mind state so that they understand why this stuff is important. Yeah, so exercise has multitude of health benefits that go across the board. So it starts with, uh, you know, the internal aspects of our body with blood pressure, cardiovascular system, how our body feels and moves, and then also it gets to the physical aspects as well. Obviously, the more that we move, the better we feel, the better we look. So exercise has just a wide range of ways to enhance ourselves and build confidence and to better improve you know, our longevity in life. So you don't necessarily have to be an athlete for, for some of this stuff, right? No, fitness is, fitness is movement, in, in my opinion. So as long as you're moving, as long as you're getting out there, that's the biggest key for all of this stuff. You don't have to have any kind of background knowledge on exercise or just do cardio or any of these different things. You just need to move. Movement's always going to make you feel better. Doing those things is going gonna, is gonna to have a change no matter what. If you're just sitting on the couch, you have no movement or no energy, blood flow, any kind of oxygen running through your body, you're always going to feel a little dull and stale, and it's because you need movement. Movement has to happen in order for your bodies to feel good and to feel at their most optimal levels. So as we start to age a little bit too, like it's a normal process, we're going to start declining and some of our physiology is just heading down anyway. So we know that stuff's coming, right? So it's like, if I don't start now, it's not going to get easier later on. No, that's for sure. No, the earlier you start, the better, but there's really no age when you have to start or don't start. I mean, osteoporosis is really, really common, but in order to strengthen and densen the bone, we have to put it under pressure. So weightlifting and strength training is always going to be the best thing for that. If you're looking to improve and enhance your cardiorespiratory system, you know, that's where you're running and hiking and jogging and, 
you know, biking, all those different things, those are the important things that come there. Now, some for some people and individuals, you have to focus more on one of those things more than the other, depending on what your family history is or if you already have some sort of issues underlying that's happening currently in your life. Then you might want to be a little more specific on that stuff. But the general fitness, it's just getting started. That's right. the main thing. You touched on osteoporosis. That's all, That's super important. I know there's as we start to age, that's really big risk factor for like falls, fractures, all of that stuff. Especially in the elderly, yeah. Yes, yeah, osteoporosis is, is a highly more likely in women, but it affects anybody. So the bone density is gonna be key. So loading the bones and putting the bones under pressure and force, that's the best way for us to strengthen them. So any kind of strength training program, I personally always recommend strength training for men and women. I think there's a misconception that's been happening and it's been coming up a lot with uh, current clients of mine is, and it's been going on for years too, is females don't want to lift weights because they feel that they're going to look like men. They're going to have these big muscles and it's just, it's such a myth. It's so the opposite factor. I think that in order to best start a weight loss program or strength training program, no matter what, it starts with weights. At least for the first 30 to 60 days, start with that first. Then you can start to incorporate your cardio. I mean, diet's super important, but the, the strength training has to be there for men, for women. I'm glad you brought that up, man, because I was going to segue right into that because I see that even even with, like, female athletes, they, they've been doing this their, their whole lives, but I'll get the thing of, like, I don't want to get huge muscles as if it's just that easy. Like, you're just going to start lifting weights and get jacked all of a sudden. If only it was that way, we'd all be looked that good. <laughs> We've been trying to do this for how long, dude, and just yeah. to maintain where we're at. So that, that's super important that you brought that up because you, you mentioned ways to lose weight. Um, why, why is it that strength training helps that? Like, so people can get a better understanding, like rather than should we just go running to lose weight? So, I mean, to lose weight, uh, so I, there's, a few different, um, there's a few different ways to look at this. You could definitely, so if you go for walks, you go for hikes, you go for jogs, you go for running, you're definitely burning calories. So w with, with your cardiorespiratory system or doing your cardio, your heart rate is gonna, going to rise when you're doing the movement. And then as you're done exercising, your heart rate is going to come back down to its rest and rate. You're going to burn pretty much just what you did during that time of movement. So if you went for a 60-minute hike or walk or a jog, after that 60 minutes, your body's not really going to continue to burn calories after that. The importance of strength training is you're breaking down tissue and muscle fibers. Now your body has to go through the process of repair and, and rebuilding the tissue. That's why sleep is so important. That's why proper nutrition and hydration. That's why, you know, some sort of supplemental supplements as amino acids or a whole list of things that we can go into from there. Yeah, supplements. We'll, we'll, we'll say that for a different one because yeah. that's, like you said, that's its own beast. Yeah, yeah. Even as I started going through that, I'm like, man, there's a list that can just, I could rattle off of so many different things. But the, the importance is, is that your body continues going through that phase of repair and recovery for multiple days. Now, depending on how, well, uh, you know, like your level of endurance and how long you've been in the gym for, that's gonna change your recovery time. So not only is it gonna be how well are you sleeping, how well are you hydrating, how well are you getting in the proper nutrition, if you're brand new to the gym and you come in and I have you do walk-in lunges from one end of my gym to the next, and I have you just do 10 pound weights and you've never done lunges, odds are you're gonna be real sore for about three or four days. You're not gonna have a hard time getting up up and down from the toilet. You're gonna to have a hard time going up and down stairs. You're just gonna feel it all. So that's a normal process. People should a, expect that. That is a normal process, yes. For, for anybody who is a, a novice to lifting weights. Um, as time goes on, you then build up, a, you know, just like anything else, a tolerance or your body starts to build and get stronger. 
the true importance to weight training that I, I cannot stress upon enough, and that's another thing that kind of comes up, is people think, oh, you know, so a pound of muscle weighs more than fat, and I can turn my fat into muscle. Technically, you cannot turn fat into muscle. You can break down your fat, and you can enhance and densen your tissue muscle and make it stronger and more flexible, um, you can do anything you want with a muscle, but you cannot just take that fat and then turn that into muscle. You have to decrease your fat and enhance your muscle. So that's the real importance of strength training. Now, when you start in the gym and you start lifting weights, you might feel like, oh, I'm going to get big or, you know, I see, I hear it all the time. Oh, I have a hard time, you know, washing my hair because, you know, we did so many arm exercises and this and that. And we might not even do arms. We might just be doing push exercises and pull exercises and overhead presses. You're working all the other secondary muscles and the smaller muscle groups like your biceps and triceps throughout those movements, but you're not necessarily working the arms themselves, right? Because you can do bicep exercises and you can do tricep exercises and you can kind of isolate them. But the true factor is just lifting weights, allowing your body to repair itself properly. And now what you're doing is you're taking whatever kind of muscle you have now and you're just making it stronger. And it takes a long, long time for people to add muscle to their bodies. I mean, depending on what your metabolism is, depending on how many calories you have to take in. For example, when I was a kid, I remember I was 125 and I wanted to be 145. And I was going to the gym and I was talking to one of the big guys at the gym and he said, you gotta have protein. Protein is one of the most important things you can have. And he says, for somebody like yourself, like how big you wanna get? And I was like, oh man, I wanna put on like 20 pounds, 25 pounds. One of the things he said was, he's like, hey, you gotta add your calories. He's like, throw some ice cream up in your protein shake. And I was like, ice cream? He's like, yeah, he's like, just take in calories. Now, looking back on that now, right, you, you wanna have good, dense, nutrient calories that come into your body. You don't necessarily wanna just load yourself with that. But if I couldn't get the calories in, and I'm taking in ice cream calories, those calories are gonna help me actually bulk up to a certain extent. I still have to put in the work, I still have to have proper rep range, I still have to have proper load and volume, like there's so many different things that go into it, and it's gonna take time. I, you know, To put on like 10 pounds of muscle naturally in a year, that's a pretty good year. And that's even when you're young. Yeah, that's pretty substantial, dude. And yeah. and just even the difference between our physiology when we're 16, 18, starting this stuff out, you know, our bodies are going to be able to process this like stuff like ice cream a lot quicker without maybe some of the negative consequences that we start experiencing when we're you know in our 30s and 40s. So while the overall calorie aspect makes sense, like hey, you just need energy to match your output. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we'd recommend ice cream to people nowadays, but you no, should definitely... no, no, no. I, I mean, I like I said. Now looking back on it, now I mean, I think I was probably 15 then, and you know, so he's like, yeah, you know, you got a fast metabolism, you're gonna burn it off. But yeah, just pack it in, dude. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. You know, when people go through these bulking and ripping phases. You know, I always tell people now, it's like, don't go through a bulk phase. Don't just eat burgers and pizza and all that stuff. Like, have it. You know, if, if, if that's something you really love, enjoy those things. But don't have them all the time. Because yeah, those should, we still want the reward part. Yes. But we got to, it should be more of, like, fuel. Exercise yes. and nutrition is fuel. Yeah, like, if you start bulking up, you know, hey, it's winter time. I'm going to bulk up a little bit. If you're going to start bulking up, you want to bulk up with doing the proper calories. So the bulking phase can still be, you know, you can have a higher caloric intake, but you want to make sure that you're still taking in nutrient-dense foods, proper proteins, proper nutrients for your body to be able to load itself to where you need it to be. So give us, like, what's, um, a, like, some of the other factors that you take into account during, like, an initial assessment or evaluation with somebody. So, you know, everybody's a little bit different. We know that there's super commonalities in anatomy and physiology, but... 
for, for you, like what are some of the things that you like to take into account when you're setting up a program for some people? Yeah, so initially what I do with every single client that walks in, I never just start them on a workout plan. I have to look at their body and see how they move. So we're going to go through. So I have a Titles Performance Institute golf fitness trainer. Um, so there's a, a whole, you know, array of exercises and different movements I go through there. I also use the functional movement screen. And there's also something called 3D maps and 3D mapping through the Gray Institute. So I do, that's more of like active movements and kind of just seeing people how they move in different planes. Um, so I take a combination of those and I look at you know, whatever the client has going on, and we're going to go through each little step. So I might, from the functional movement screen, we might look at an inline lunge. We might look at the overhead deep squat. For the TPI stuff, I might look at how much lat movement and flexibility they have or range of motion. I might look at T-spine and, and pelvis. Can they anteriorly rotate? Can they posteriorly rotate? You know, so I'll go through a, a bunch of different ranges of those, and I ask the client as we're going through them, how are they feeling? Does this hurt? Does that hurt? Um, is this, if, if you're strict and you can't get down into a certain position, what do you feel is the restriction on your body? Then I start to kind of, you know, take notes, kind of compute into my notebook and make sure that whatever program I'm going to start to put together for them, as I'm already seeing them work out or, or move, I start to put the plan together. At the end, I sit down with them. I go through all of the variables that I see and kind of let them know where I would start with. Throughout that process, you know, we sit down, I go through, you know, medications, injuries in the past, car accidents, different stuff like that, or different, you know, day-to-day -day ailments like, hey, I've put on 25 pounds and now my back hurts and my knee hurts. So look at those different variables. And then as we start to program the, or as I start to design their program inside my mind, I start to kind of tell them, this is the projection of what we're going to start to do with you know, this is step one, this is step two, this is kind of where I see you going. This can be super overwhelming for a lot of people starting yeah. out. So like having this sketched out for a month, three months, six months out is kind of a better way to just, all right, like this is getting taken care of rather than like, I don't know what's going to happen next week. You can kind of have a general idea of what to expect. Yeah, a lot of it is just, a, you know, it's just a foundational starting ground of where we're going to start with this person. Everything I do is going to be, you know, knee dominant, hip dominant. So if we're gonna look at the lower body in that aspect, can you do a step up? Can you do a forward walk and lunge? Can you squat, right? So those are all gonna be my knee dominant exercises. Then we might look at hip hinge patterns. Can you do a hyperextension? Can you do a deadlift? Can you do a single leg deadlift? And, and a lot of these things start without weights first. If they can handle those type of loads, then as I start to create and start to load into their programs, what is the next step that I would do with them, right? What's the progressionary exercise for this person? But a lot of it comes with, you know, different people have different coordination skills. Some people have more athletic skills. Some people have really poor, say, like ankle dorsiflexion. So I look at their ankle and their foot. Now, if that's already something that's stopping them, maybe that's where their knee pain is coming from. So maybe they can hip hinge properly. Maybe they can lunge properly. But how much is that ankle causing all these different ailments that come up. I see it a lot with soccer players rolling their ankles all the time because that's what they're doing, running up and down soccer fields. And how many times did you roll that ankle over your career? You played for, you know, since you were five, all the way up until you were, you know, a collegiate athlete, you might have rolled that right ankle seven times. Right. And then they don't even remember enough times to tell us. So I do this all the time with injury evaluation, like, hey, when's the last time you sprained your ankle? Because I can assume that it happened before. But um, with the population I work with now, in the military, these guys are kind of hesitant to tell me about previous injuries because they've been kind of coached along the way to just say no to everything because 
you'll either get disqualified for a different job role or, you know, they're just worried about getting kicked out type thing. So when they come see us, I'm like, you know, I, I know you don't want to tell us, but we need this to understand what your bodies and tissues have gone through and what you're used to. So like that previous injury and, and illnesses is definitely a huge part of that. Dude, that's awesome. Cause so that's something that I don't have to deal with, luckily. Um, but like people you not said, telling you, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, they probably tell you too much stuff. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I have to deal with the other aspects of that stuff. You know, the life coaching aspects and everything, which is great. Um, because that's really what personal training is. Personal training is getting personal with somebody. The whole idea that I started with the one-on-one personal training itself was there was too many distractions that were happening in the gym. So when I was thinking of something that I wanted to do that was a little bit different, I wanted to do something of a, like a private service. So this way when people come in, it's just me and that person. If they want to come in with their husband or wife and they want to work out together, great. If they want to come in and their kids want to work out, great. If I have a youth baseball teams that I train, you know, when they come in, parents are welcome to stay if they want. But it's it keeps it a private setting. So there's no distractions. I don't have to ask to borrow a piece of equipment and ask, you know, just somebody who, you know, a patron at the gym and say, hey, how many more sets do you have on this piece of equipment? Yeah, we can and get. They're using four at once. They love doing that. It, unfortunately, that's sometimes how it happens. Um, but that's that's the beauty of this is that. When, we, when I write down your workout plan, we get to work on everything that is designed. Unless, you know, let's just say you're coming in and I have you doing an overhead military press. Well, if you come in and you slept wrong on your shoulder, you know, I have to then, I got to change up the workout a little bit, right? Maybe that's not the best thing for us to do that day. We now have to look at that and say, okay, what are those ways that we can still get in some sort of overhead press without taking away from you know, the, the training program or whatever the protocol is that I have designed for you so that you do not regress throughout the program. That's a huge point, man, because even um, in, in your general commercial gyms, people go in, maybe they have an exercise routine sketched out, but then their machine or that, that thing is taken. And then like, now what, you know, coming to someone like you, they can get the education of like, you can replace this, but we're just doing a, a different movement. It doesn't have to be this particular exercise, but how are we just gonna get overhead? That's the thing. Absolutely. And empowering them to like, look, th- yeah, that piece of equipment is taken, but go somewhere else and do this while you wait and make it more time efficient. And the beautiful part about the equipment, I mean, nowadays we have so much equipment at our disposal, but there there is a time to use dumbbells. There is a time to use a barbell. There is a time to use kettlebells. Knowing when the right time is to use those pieces of equipment could be an example like that of somebody coming in who slept wrong or their shoulders bother them or, um, actually, I had a client of mine that was throwing some pitches to their to their son for baseball and came in and he said, ah, I threw like 125 pitches. He hasn't thrown all year. It's March. Baseball is on TV now. It's baseball season. And so we got we got to change those, you know, the, the program that day. That shoulder is, you know, could be dead, could be thrown out, could be, you know, whatever it is. Now let's allow that shoulder to recover and let's work around, you know, work the muscles around the shoulder to strengthen and, and allow it to recover. But maybe we have to change up the routine that day. And so what I do with a lot of my clients as well, so because it's just a one-on-one aspect that I have here, my clients have to have homework. So they have to either belong to another gym and it doesn't matter what gym you belong to. I don't care if where you belong or if you work out at home, there are certain things that you have to get in. So if you're going to come here and you're going to do your strength training, let's just say it's two to three times a week with me, you have to get in another two or three days of cardio, depending on what your goals are. If your goal is to pack on muscle and you're trying to decrease your body fat and your body composition is X, then maybe we don't go too hard with with the cardio. Or maybe you have to enhance your cardio because 
you might do a lot of HIIT training here or metabolic conditioning with me, but you're not getting enough of that. So we have to incorporate that outside the gym. Hell yeah. And that's where it comes down to, you know, individual goals and, and what does the client want? That's the best part. The other great thing I love, and I think it's kind of one of the things where we, we kind of miss nowadays is the accountability factor. The accountability factor has to take place on two parts or two fronts. One with me, the trainer, and two with the client. Somebody comes in, this is a long-term process, right? You can't just come in and just say, hey, I'm going to work out for this month and I'm going to get these kind of results. You will get results in a month. Now, what are they going to be? You know, it all depends on how hard you're dieting, um, how, how much cardio and, and effort you're putting into it. But you also want to make sure that this is a journey, right? That this isn't just a quick fix. Fitness is not that way. Fitness is a long-term plan for your life. And that's what's going to keep you around for your kids, your grandkids, your, for everybody. And you have to make sure that you are consistent. Consistency, I'm sure everybody hears this, but consistency is king when it comes to this. Ask questions, do the different movements that you have to, but also make sure that you're progressing and having fun. There's too many times that people get stale. But if you're coming in, and let's just say your goal is to, you know, say lose 10 pounds, and we, you've been training with me now for, for three months, I need to make sure, are you doing the things that are, that are outside the gym? Because if you only come to me and you see me three hours a week, three hours, let's say you have three sessions, three one-hour sessions. And that might be on like the upper end of a lot of people. They might see you yep. once a week, once so, every two weeks. Yeah. I have clients that see me once a week, twice a week, three. I have some clients that see me four. I have some clients that see me for up to 120 minutes. So we're doing two-hour sessions. That's something where we might do for those specific clients. It's they might get a little more cardio in with me because they know that they they're just not going to do it on their own. But that's also mobility that we work on as well. So they got to do their dynamic warm up. They still have to do their 60 to 75 minutes of, of training, and then we have to work on the mobility and the cool down and make sure that all those things are in proper form. Because if they're just not going to do it on their own, then maybe you have to pay me to do it. Um, that's not all clients. That's kind of you know those are the rare clients. But if you're only training with me three hours a week, what are you doing on the rest of the hours? So you have to make sure that you are holding yourself accountable. Now, me, as the trainer, there are certain expectations that I demand. As long as you're hitting those goals and those pillars of, of, of my, what my expectation is, then everything's good. And you're going to be able to see the results. Now, are you going to get stuck and hit a plateau? Yes. But that's where I come in and I have to say, okay, you're getting stuck. You're having a plateau here. Now let's look at a few different things. Maybe let's change up your cardio. Maybe let's increase it. Maybe let's decrease it. Maybe let's hit a little more strength training. Maybe let's cut some calories. Maybe let's increase calories. So depending on what it is, because sometimes being in a caloric deficit is not always the best part for whatever your goals are, because now you might be stagnant. Your body's starving for food and now you're now your body's fighting against you. So all of those variables come into it. But as long as that client is doing the right things, and if you want to have a cheat meal or go out and celebrate with some friends, by all means, you know, take take advantage of that stuff because you work real hard and it's your life. But on the flip side of that, if you come in and that scale ain't moving and you're not getting the results you want, you also have to keep yourself accountable and say, hey, what am I doing? Because I can beat you up all day here, but that means nothing. So, you know, it, it is a science, but it's also the accountability factor that you have to have for yourself. That's super important. And, and like you said, uh, kind of circle back around, someone might come in and want to work out for a month, 30 days, and then that's fine. But then, like you said, you start to plateau or we talk about the SAID principle, S-A-I-D, specific adaptations to impose demand. So that's just a lot of syllables to say that your body's going to get really good at what it does all the time. So if you're doing the same workout, the same movements, sure, you're going to progress. But at a certain point, without this overload, without the 
kind of guidance from a professional like Kevin or anybody else that's going to help you to assess these movements. Now we're back to kind of guessing again. So to kind of segue out of that, can if somebody just finds like a general workout routine online, I mean, how do we know that that's right for them? Um, they, they won't really know if it's right for them. Um, but I would tell them this. If they're looking to get into exercise, just start. Right, any kind of program is going to help them start. After that fact, then you can start to be a little more strategic. That's when you have to start asking questions. Hey, I'm doing this program. I saw this thing. Let's just say it's 30 minutes at home workout, which is great, right? If, if you're doing 30 minutes twice or three times a week and you just came off of doing nothing for months, no matter what, you're going to feel better. You're going to have better results because you, you, you're already moving. You're already active. Now, is it going to hit your goals? Well, that's different because your goals should be pretty specific for what you want. Now, I would say that most of the general population that comes in, they don't really know what they want. Like they say, yeah, I want to lose some weight. They don't really know what that means. And then so I then have to, as I start to get to know the client a little bit more, because you're never going to be able to get that off the first day. It's like, all right, what motivates you? What's going on? What's what's happening in your life? The best clients I've had that get the best results are the people who are motivated but motivation is really only short term, right? It comes into the disciplinary like aspects of it. And what I mean by that is if somebody's coming off of a bad breakup or a divorce or they got a really bad bill of health from their doctor, these people come in and they're motivated. They are so driven and they come in and they work hard and they literally will do everything I say and it works perfect for them. Now what will happen is, is Let's just say you go through a bad breakup. You go through a bad breakup. You get the results you want. Now you're feeling great. Now you find somebody. When you find somebody, does that person go to the gym? You know, that person will have a fast metabolism and just looks great. And now you have someone. And then what happens is you get complacent and you get kind of lazy. And then you start to kind of fall back into those things because now everything that you were striving for, your goals, you've achieved. But did you keep the discipline? Did you continue going to the gym? Can you stay focused on the path and the reason why you started? Those are the things where I think things kind of make, um, you know, they get a little tough for clients to stay on that track. But if someone gets a bad bill of health, sometimes it is life changing for them. And I have clients of mine that uh, literally have become trainers because of this. And they always ask me like, hey, what do you think? Should I become a trainer? Absolutely. Why not? Right. You, you've learned so much from me. I'm giving you as many tools as I can. You're going to now continue to sharpen your tools. You love this, right? So if you love going to the gym, you love movement, it makes you feel good. I mean, the endorphins, the serotonin, the, all the beautiful things that comes with it, by all means, go off and do it, right? People think like, oh, you know, I don't want to be competition with you. You're not competition with me, right? I'm, I'm my own person. I, there, there's plenty of people out there that need our assistance and need our help. What we need is people to be able to help each other and people to be able to guide the other trainers, but also have good work. You know, and that's the that's the best part. So if somebody's driven and they're motivated and they love this, how can you not succeed, right? Anything you you love or you're passionate about, you're going to succeed at. But ultimately, dude, we're here to empower the client rather than, you know, I've I've heard people describe this before. Some some trainers will talk about like, well, I don't want to give the client all of the information I know because then they don't need me anymore. Where it's like, it's kind of the opposite, dude. Like. If you're delivering and you're, you're laying out this program and they're getting results, they're going to want to come back, but they should feel empowered to continue this on their own because, like you mentioned, it's a lifestyle. This is an investment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the big box gyms are tough because, you know, they want a certain amount of sales and they expect – there are certain demands that they expect you to hit outside of taking care of your clients, which should be 
that should be paramount, right? The client's coming in. They want your undivided attention. That's what you should be giving them. People are paying good money for our services, and it is an investment, right? So it's an investment that people are looking to change their lives and better improve their lives, not just in the short term, but for the long term as well. I I have also run into the same problem as well where, you know, trainers like, oh, you know, don't give them everything, you know, keep them coming, you know, like reel them in slowly. It's like, in my opinion, that means you've stopped learning. If you've stopped learning, then all the information that you gave to clients, then that's it. Then you're useless, right? But think about exercise. It's literally evolving every day. There are things coming out now that are changing the way we look at things, like changing how we move, uh, you know. And then there's, there's like, you know, the red light therapy. It's been around for a while, but it's becoming a really, really big popular thing. Cold plunges and getting cold exposure. Just, you know, it feels like almost overnight it's kind of come about, but it hasn't. I mean, Wim Hof's been doing this forever. And now they're talking about, oh, if you do this every day, anybody that has mental distress going on in their lives, there's so many better better benefits that come from that along with exercise. Because sometimes, you know, you're exercising and you're just like, man, you know, it's just not doing it for me anymore. But are you still motivated? Are you still going for something? Did you switch up your goals? Right? If you're doing the same workouts over and over again, you get stagnant. And then it gets boring. And then you're like, ah, you know, I'm not going to go to the gym today. Ah, oh, it's nice outside. You know, I'll go tomorrow. Or, hey, you know what? There's a, there's a place right on, the, right on the beach. And, you know, let's go get some cocktails and get an appetizer or something like that. Next thing you know, it's a whole week's going by. You haven't hit the gym. And now you're like, ah, you know what? I'll start up again next month. And then a month goes by. And then it gets easier and easier every time to, to give ourselves a break. We, we kind of just go from, oh, all right, it's just going to be today. But like you said, it, it's keeping that as a, a lifestyle. Um, you, you already started touching on it, but like, what are some things that, that you do to try to stay up to date with this? Because social media, all these d- different outlets are just currently blasting with, with different kind of hot trends and topics. It can be exhausting for the average person to figure out like what's true or not. So like, what, what are some things that, that you have to do? I know you have like continuing education units and all that. Yeah, so what I do, so I, I try to do as many um, seminars and stuff like that as I can. I know you and I have gone to Eric Cressy's um, before in Massachusetts. Um, I've gone to Perform Petter conferences. Um, all, anything like that is great. I think whenever you can be hands-on and live, that's, that's going to be a great tool. Um, you can get really overwhelmed because um, I know even I have, especially going to the Perform Better ones. They, you know, you go to day one, it's a three-day seminar. You got Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, you go in there, you pick all the different classes you want, right? So there's different hour blocks. So say there's, you know, one hour, one hour and a half, and they got four different classes and you get to pick the one you want. Then you go into the, you know, the room and you get to learn all this stuff. And, you know, by the end of the day, you have so much knowledge that you've taken in. You're like, wow, this is really great. But then I've found on the next day, Saturday and the next day on Sunday, they almost bring in different speakers of, and it's great because they, they're looking for diversity, but things contradict one another. Like I, you know, there was one I went to and the guy was like, you know, you should only be working out for an hour session. You should only be working out for 20 minutes total. It's like, what? Everybody's got their own philosophy though, right? And, and, and I, well, I think that's the, I think that's the saturation that's happening. Like you said, on social media, you listen to one person and they say, oh, don't do cardio. And they listen to another person. And they say, oh, well, you should do cardio because that's what's going to, you know, make your body stronger long term. And then you listen to somebody else and they say, ah, you know what, do CrossFit and do paleo. And you know, you know what, do this, do, you know, just do high intensity interval training. And so there's, there's so many different things out there. That circles back to the, the patient or the patient or client's individual goals, right? Absolutely. CrossFit's not for everybody. Uh, true. I want to circle back real quick to the assessment part. So a lot of times when I'm doing like an injury evaluation or something, we find all these different movement compensations that have nothing to do with maybe the joint or the body part that we're looking at. 
it's tough to explain to some people sometimes when I'm pointing out these things that like, this isn't like an attack of like all the things that are wrong with you. I try to phrase it in a way of like, these are opportunities for improvement. I don't know. Is that something common here where like you're pointing out this stuff and people feel overwhelmed? Like, holy shit, I have all of this work to do now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so um, that happens that quite often actually. So like, let's just take the hip for example, right? So you have flexion, extension, you have abduction, adduction, you know, so just looking at just those different areas uh, of the hip, right? And then you, you can go into so, so many different more things, but if somebody's, if you're looking at somebody and say, okay, you have poor, you know, internal rotation. And so you, you look at it and you say, okay. Something's wrong with me, what? <laughs> That's sometimes what happens. It's like, no, it's like, listen, we can, we can do certain things, right? So sometimes it's a simple mobility drill. Sometimes they just have tight tissues. I look at things from basically everything runs upstream or everything runs downstream, right? So where's your shoulder pain coming from? Your shoulder pain could be coming from your left foot. Depending on what happened to your left foot, how you walk, your hip could be out of balance, your knee could be out of whack, and then your shoulder slouches. So all these different things can run upstream inside the body, right? But it starts with the foot. Vice versa, it can start, you know, something in the neck. The neck can be happening and can throw something off that's in your lower back. As you start to, you know, kind of go through the pathologies and the dysfunctions that somebody has, you kind of start to open up a can of worms that sometimes clients just don't really want to hear. I try not to overwhelm them with the big words. I try to just, in, in layman's terms, as best I can, for whatever the client is. Now listen, if I have a doctor, I can I can give them everything I need to do because they're going to understand it. Um, but if it's just, you know, just somebody coming in and it's like, hey, listen, you know, the the you know the, the lateral part of my hip is really, really bothering me. It's like, okay, well, lay on your, lay on your ground. And, we'll, and I'll do different assessments, right? I'll have them do something where they're, they're prone or supine. I'll have them do something where they're standing. I'll have them do something where they're half kneeling. Let's get down into a quadruped position. Let's see all these different variations. And we'll kind of go through a checklist. I try to make it brief if, if I can, but that all depends on the, the extent of the issue, right? So if this person cannot move or they cannot do a low, lower body, you know, let's just say they can't even bend down to put their shoes on or tie their shoes. We got a problem, right? We got a, we probably ain't lifting weights that day. We're just, we're going to go through the wormhole of what's going on right now. And so, you know, just sitting there taking notes, going through everything, a lot of band exercises, stretches, maybe it's manual stretches where I help them and get into certain positions, or maybe it's just, Hey, you know, ice and heat, and you got to go see a PT for this, you know? So that's where I can kind of then segue out of that and say, go see this person. And luckily I have people for that as well. You know, I have great relationships with chiropractors, with, with PTs, even with yourself as an athletic trainer, right? If somebody needs the assistance, right, I could have you come in and help out. But although your job is a little bit different, you know, but there's, there's so many different ways. Or I might call you up and say, hey, Dan, listen, have you seen this before? Because this is something that's going on. You think it's a quick fix or what's your advice? And that way you can kind of bounce ideas off people because I'm not going to know everything, right? I got to stay within my lane of, of information that I am well aware of. And even though I read other books and, and you know, um, experiment with other things, that doesn't mean that I'm the person that should be diagnosing this person with X, Y, or Z. Super important. Um, there, there's too many professionals out there that want to just solve everything under one roof. Um, not the case. It's not. I mean, it should be, it's a team-based and it's a collaborative effort, like you mentioned. I like how you talked about, though, like putting patients or clients in different 
positions that maybe they wouldn't be otherwise and kind of, you know, let's get specific with trying to identify some of this stuff. Yeah, the, the TPI is great for that. So they, they do what they call a four by four matrix. So I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but basically we look at the way that we've grown from children. So as, you, as you're a child, you basically are prone or supine, right? You're, you're on, you do belly time and you lay on your back. And then from there you get into a quadruped position. And then from there you go into half kneeling. And then from there you go to standing. So we look at that and I use that aspect if somebody's really injured or I also do that. Like So the initial assessment I do, I probably won't go that deep with somebody unless they're coming in for golf fitness. Now I'm not a golf professional to help you with the golf swing. I am only a fitness guy to be able to look at what's going on. And there's different things like C posture, S posture, all these different things, which is kind of a lot that we see, right? So C posture and S posture could be something like uh, kyphosis or lordosis in the position of your golf swing. And the position of your golf swing is usually done by a five iron setup. So athletic position, where, where, where would a five iron be in your hand? That would be basically your starting position. And then go off 2D mapping, stuff like that. And you kind of design programs from that person to get them into the best athletic posture for that position for golf. Golf is a very, uh, you know, every sport has its own specific movements and stuff like that. But it's, it's hard to take all that to account without having some of that background and training. You can't just wing that for some, somebody that has these specific movements or a particular lifestyle where I have to do these movements every day. We have to address that. Yes. Um, and then... Just circling back around and about not being able to do everything under one roof, man. So many, some people don't want to use the, the resources that are around. But, I mean, remember the old saying, when in doubt, refer out. That's just like, if I don't know what's going on here, I'm not going to put, put my client at risk of, you know, maybe not addressing this and kind of putting them in the right spot. So with, like, athletic training, man, we work with strength and conditioning coaches, personal trainers, physical therapists, and you know, mental health is important too. There's a should be a all-encompassing treatment protocol for some of that stuff because, especially in, in my realm, coming from injuries, there's a lot of psychological issues that go on with that. Where somebody is in, in a sport might be like super identified as an athlete, and then when that's taken away from you, man, like your whole life is turned upside down. Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, you know, go back like you said, you know, everything under one roof. I, I'm probably gonna botch this, but I think the saying is, if you're a jack of all trades, you're a master of none. That's that's accurate. I've heard it put in different ways, but that's that's it. It's the same thing with like people who talk about I'm a good multitasker. Like, you know, you're just doing a bunch of things half assed. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what that is. Yeah. But and that's the thing. Right. So don't be afraid to, you know. So first off, I would tell anybody uh, if somebody's listening who's a trainer or wants to become a trainer. Right. Build up relationships in your community. Build up those relationships so that you have somebody to then outsource because it will come back to you as well. They're going to have clients that are going to be referred out to you, right? So stay stay within your wheelhouse of what it is that you can and cannot do for that client. And it's okay to have the knowledge outside of that because you should. You should have a full understanding of everything, of how the body works. I'm not a chiropractor, but in one of my certifications, the first chapter was the chiro- uh, I'm sorry, the spine is the circuit breaker of the body. And that is absolutely true. But I can't help you with anything that's off with that. I have to, sub- I have to tell somebody, you got to go see a chiropractor, just as I do, right? I go for maintenance and adjustments and everything. And I always tell people, take care of yourself, right? If you're going to come in here and load up heavy weights and run around on you know uneven surfaces and go for hikes, like things are going to get a little out of whack. That doesn't mean that you can't be fixed because you very easily can be fixed, right? Sometimes it takes a you know little adjustments here and there. I mean, you know, when I go play golf, I mean, sometimes my T spine gets all jacked up. 
So then I go see my friend Kyle, and he get, I go in there, and he takes care of me, and I'm right back to new. Shout out Kyle, keeping the keeping the trainers fresh so that they can help more people, man. That's, that's right. And that's how it feeds back, dude. Like the, Especially, like you mentioned, um, trainers early on, we don't want to refer out because we think that patients or clients aren't going to come back to us. But that should be like... A point of pride of like hey I'm putting this person in the right direction this is the best decision for them right now rather than what about me and my business like you know that's important but we're doing this for the for the clients dude so if you do it the right way and you send out the right person and they end up finding out that they that they were supposed to be subbed out you're building up trust right now that person has a lot more trust in you because they say you know what they didn't just try to just sell me on something have me do something or improperly have me you know, go under, you know, whatever it was, a certain type of training program or regimen or, you know, oh, you know, he, he can fix it himself. No, listen, build up that trust with that client because that client, I mean, I have clients that have been with me for over a decade, you know, I mean, the loyalty that comes with it is amazing. Um, but you also have to, you know, I wouldn't say reinvent yourself, but you have to keep yourself up with the modern day trends. That's a perfect way to put it, man. I wanted to segue into the evolution of, of your business and prime fitness and all of that. I want to just Give us like a, a quick just timeline of when this started for you and how it's been progressing. And then maybe in the way we'll talk about like, have you refined or expanded like the clientele that's here? Because I know you did some, like we talked about some golf specific training. So yeah, so this started up, um, I've been here at this location since 2019. Um, it's so I'm right in Route 6 um, and, and Seekonk. Those local to Rhode Island, Massachusetts, man, right here. So that's how long I've been here. Um, I started off, I, I was at a gym. I left. I kind of doing some side stuff. And then I had a lot of clients who were reaching out to me and they wanted to, you know, they wanted to stay with me or, or figure out where I was going. So I kind of had to, the last second, kind of rebuild and, and form some sort of some sort of area where, hey, how can I take, how can I launch this, right? How can I do something? And it was something I always wanted to do. So luckily, I was able to brand something together and get this going. Um, yeah, over the time, um, I mean, initially, as soon as I got the, once I became a basically a commercial place, it went, it, it started, it started rising very quickly. Then COVID happened, and I think every, you know, the whole world kind of shut down, and we all went through different, you know, different stuff that we had to deal with. It was tough for me, you know, financially, mentally. There was a lot of different stuff that was kind of running through my head. Since COVID, I would say that it, it kind of was a little slow. So what I had to do to reinvent myself was I had to get out more and, you know, make more connections. So as I made more connections, I was able to then segue into, you know, different areas and avenues of how I can get word of mouth conversations going um, for clients to come in. Um, and then I also just started, you know, I'd make connections somewhere and I'd say, hey, can I leave some business cards here? And then started doing that I've had people reach out to me you know just randomly and then I've had other people who trained with me you know three four five years ago who all of a sudden had a friend and they're like hey you need a personal trainer I got somebody so that kind of worked out good I also started doing the uh, working with high schools and some of the youth training programs uh, for baseball teams which I have two currently going right now uh, a 14u and a 16u baseball team how did you how did you get involved in that because I know it's kind of hard to make those connections sometimes yeah, actually they found me um, they, uh, one, one of the dads, I popped in one day and, uh, you know, asked, kind of, you know, came in, looked at it and he was like, Hey, you know, is this something you could do? I said, absolutely. So there was kind of word of mouth there. Another one, I got an email, um, that had come through and they were just looking for services and prices and stuff like that and shout out exactly what I was doing. And they said, yeah, sure. That sounds great. That team's been with me now for three years. It's their third consecutive year with me. I love that, man. And I know, uh, you spent a few years, like pretty much built a gym in your garage and was kind of yep. training from home 
yeah, I had to, um, I had to figure out where I was going to train clients. So yeah, I, I basically built what I call the Taj Mahal, or it's been so-called claimed the Taj Mahal of, uh, of uh, garage gyms. It was only 600 and like 60 square feet, uh, but it was perfect. And that's how I got started. And I knew that I had to expand. So the expansion then came here. And now the expansion moving forward, what I would like to do is either expand to a bigger facility and bring on other trainers, I still want to keep it one-on-one -on -one private because there is something to be said about that. And my clients, I do charge a higher premium for my for my training sessions, but with that comes so much more, right? Because if clients are coming in, they're having a bad day or something's going on that they you know might not feel comfortable about training at the gym. You know, if I'm if we're doing a lap pull down and right on the side of us someone's doing a low row, they might not feel too comfortable about sharing with me what's going on now. I would say the benefit to this is my clients get better results by me being here because now we can get to the root of the problem. Hey, what's really going on? What's happening? You know, so because that's what we're doing. This is ultimately behavior change. Absolutely. So yeah. it's like people think, I don't know, maybe people that aren't super invested in this stuff. Oh, you're just out there counting reps and writing numbers. That is not. It's the opposite <laughs> at of that, all. Dude. Yeah. And like you talked about, there's all this education, years of education and experience going into this. So. You know, when somebody makes the investment, which it is absolutely an investment to hire a personal trainer, this is with the intention, like you said, like you're giving them homework. You're pretty much coming out with a plan. Like if we stick to this, we're going to get results. Yeah. And listen, if you can get to the root of the problem, a lot of the root of the problem comes internally. So if you can fix the internal game of your own self, and that's something I've been working on tremendously, especially over the past few months. If you can fix the inner game, the physical and the outer game, it's just going to be so much easier. But if you can't get deep and figure out what is happening or what's the thing that's holding you back from achieving whatever it is, and whether that's, you know, getting a promotion at work or, you know, asking that person out or whatever it may be, right? And same thing in the gym. You have to be able to identify what's going on and then push through that threshold. And once you identify it, it works out perfect. The accountability. That's what we're signing up for with this. I'm going to put like a link to the website and all that in the episode description, but give people an idea how they can find you and stuff online or... Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so um, I'm Prime Fitness. I'm I'm one on one personal training studio in Seekonk, Massachusetts. Uh, it's fourteen sixty four Four River Ave. You guys can come by. You can check me out. Uh, you guys can call me to set up um, any kind of consultation or uh, appointment. Um, I also do group classes. It's not something big that I do, but if somebody wants to come in, it's two, three, four, five, six people. However many you want, um, I can you know accommodate that. All right. Yeah, and you, your website's still active and all it that, is, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So I'll put that in the link and. I think you mentioned you're offering online training, maybe not as popular, but that's available. Online training is available. Yep, absolutely. Um, it was big during COVID. And then, you know, I kind of took a step away from that a little bit, especially now as the business has grown. Um, but that is also available for any any age. Um, I have different types of programs. So there's, you know, on a beginner, a middle and advanced, I usually call it silver, gold and platinum, but you can choose a, a program that you want. Some of those, if you're in my area, that includes in-person training. Um, and if you're not in my area, we can still set up something where I can do check-ins with you through Zoom conversations and phone calls. That's awesome, man. There's a lot of options there, dude. And this is all about improving quality of life, man. This, I'm glad that there's people like you out there. Um, we're going to wrap it up here. I appreciate the time, Kevin. You're the man. Always, brother. Thanks for having me, Love Dan. Love you, man. Love you too, brother. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dan's Den. Don't forget to follow and rate this podcast. And I hope you enjoyed the conversation we had with Kevin today. Please share it so more people can benefit. And tune in for our other episodes.